What's up? This is Cody. This is Mark. And this is Mike from Hinder, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Go Blues! Yay, yay! Back to Blues Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Jason, along with Chris. That's me. And no, Ashley. Ashley is not here. So yeah, she is out sick today. As I feel like all three of us probably could have done that. Yeah. My, does your body hurt today? I'm just tired. We were at a party last night for. Uh, is this just friends. maybe? Is this we, just me being forty now? Yeah, Chris. The big my four body zero. hurts today. Yeah, I so, didn't even really drink. Yeah, I know we. Uh, Went to a party last night, and it was fun. It was we fun. Had, well, not late. Or me, at least. You were, uh, a later. you were a little later than me. Yeah, though. I got home, I think, a little after 1230. Yeah, I think I was uh, finally getting to bed at 1230. I got Good out early. I got, to, I got out early because it was loud. I'm old. Yeah, it was loud. There was a lot of children. Uh, a lot, lot of children. A lot of children. All the children's running around, and they love the Halloween. Mm. So, anyway, on this week's show, we just have our games to go over and some blues news, uh, some uh, possible alumni uh, blues news for yeah. alumni uh, alumni game alumni game news. Uh, also, the big news in the blues this week is they re- officially retiring another number. Uh, we also go into uh, our question of the week, which I put out there on Facebook and Twitter earlier this week. Uh, do the St. Louis Blues have too many retired numbers? I kind of saw that as a minor kind of controversy, not controversy, but some people brought it up this week. It's for, so odd. It's odd that people, I don't, we'll get, we'll into, get it. into it, but yeah. And then we'll wrap it up with preview of next week's games and uh, our usual funny selves. High jinks. Yeah, there you go. So we'll get into some little bit of Blues news at the start. So the Blues had no injuries this week. Thank positive, God. Positive. But they did have a return, so yep. officially it was kind of we. They never really officially confirmed Laterra had a uh, concussion, but is that what it was? Yes, because they yeah. said he had to. He passed the protocol. Eventually, we this was week. it last week. We made the comment we didn't think it was because it, they would have been more forthright with saying he's undergoing percussion or, or concussion protocol. Yeah, and they never said anything. So he came back uh, earlier this week, earlier this week. And he started on the left wing, and they left Jaden Schwartz in the center. So it was I think he looked fine. He looked okay. I think he looked good both games. So uh, I think everything was looking good for him. But the Blues had to make this roster decision, which I pretty much figured this would happen. So they had right. one of three players had to get sent down, and all three would require like waivers so they could get claimed by another team. And that would be Magnus Payarvi, Ty Ratty, and Dimitri Askin. I think Yaskin all along pretty much the favorite of three to stay the right. that have the least likely chance to go down. So you're looking at Ty Ratty, Magnus Payarvi. Doug Armstrong comes out and says, uh, we have chosen Magnus Payarvi to go get sent down. Does it surprise you? No. Me neither. It's just funny because Hitch said like after the uh Calgary game this week, which was a dumpster fire. Ugh. And uh which we could say about a lot of games this week. But he uh, basically said that he liked the way Parry was practicing 
and he expects to get him in a game soon, and then less than 24 hours later, he's well, getting sent down, which I think it's more circumstance. I think it's just funny how the comment comes out, and then it's like, oh, well, you're... I get- think it's a calculated risk, too, because, you it's know... It's okay so far, but... He's been fine. I think that the fear is, from the blue standpoint, if I'm Doug Armstrong, I'm pretty sure Magnus PRV clears waivers, because people in the NHL know him, know what he is, know what he's not. Yep. I don't know if... if Ty Ratty clears waivers. Yeah, that's, I think that's, someone picks Ty Ratty up. That's pretty because much what there's he still says. that he's still that prospect, and I think there's people out there who look at him as a good commodity. And if I'm Doug Armstrong, I protect that commodity, knowing that I may use that as a trade piece later in the year. Yeah, Armstrong comes out and says that they still want to develop Ty Ratty, and they think keeping him up here to develop is the best possible thing for him at this time. Which I agree. I don't think you can I think you've seen what he can be. And I I mean I'm that guy all along that's been kind of a I guess Tyratty hater per se. I just think that he's just gonna be a career minor leaguer, which there's nothing wrong with that. No. I want him to succeed. I would like him to succeed to it. People are expecting this guy to come in and pot fifteen or twenty goals. I just well, I think that's because happening. of the success he's had in the minors, and it's just it doesn't translate. Like, no, it doesn't. I've said before, and I'll say it again. Like you can look at T.J. Hensick. that dude constantly scored thirty goals in the minors every year. When he comes up here, you never noticed him. Yeah, and he's pretty close to the same size, same skill set. I mean, so yeah. What do you? So I don't know. So I wish that Ty Ratty would do well. I'd rather have a prospect do well and flourish. And of course. Help the team out with scoring because, damn, they need it right now. Boy, do they. So that's about the only line of roster news this week. Right. So we our other news of the week, which we'll get into in the second segment uh, a little more. So okay. we'll hold off on that. So let's get into the games this week. So we have three games, and the Blues kept a consistent theme all week. We'll say that much. Yes, they did. Uh, and that theme was scoring one freaking goal all week. Not all week, but every game. Yeah. And we wound up going uh, – one, 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 and one. one again. So very similar to last the last time we yep. uh, talked. So we were at one of the games. So we can give you our perspective for the uh, second game of these, yeah. this this uh, three game homestand. So Brian Elliott is going to start on the Tuesday game. Yep, the Flames come to town after we just saw them. Yep. So Brian Elliott coming off of a, a phenomenal win against the Chicago Blackhawks the night, the night before, before yeah. in Chicago. Made an amazing save about three seconds left in the yeah. game to preserve the win. So uh, everybody kind of thought, like, uh-oh, well, he's playing Chicago the night before. Like, who knows what's going to happen now right. with him doing that. So Flames come to town, and they strike first. Dennis Weidman, former blue. It's a second of the year on the power play from former blue Troy Brower and Johnny Goudreau at three fifty four of the first. So not a good start. No, and this became a uh, trend throughout the week of the Blues starting slow. It, it seems like year in and year out we talk about this where the team comes out flat. Yep, real flat. They did not look good at all in this no. game. Not from start. I mean, you can say there's a little in the third about. Uh, the first half of the third, I would say they look kind of good, but we'll get into that. Yep. Unfortunately, they f- fall further behind. Freaking Derek England. Derek England. I know. His first of the year from on a very nice feed from Versteeg and Bennett on a rush play at 1030 of the first period. So, And that's the end of the first. Down 2 nothing, And uh, I, I can't remember if they were Boo Birds or not. 
Um, and this one. I think there were a few. And the second, there definitely were. Oh, yeah. And that's when I kind of said. Oh, I, uh, I wasn't overly concerned at this point. I was angry because, yet again, it's, it's a game where the Blues should dominate Calgary. You know, yeah, they beat him two days earlier, but it was a game. That game was closer than it should have been. Yeah, the Blues you should know? have won a game a lot more. Oh, than yeah, it should have. Yeah. Um, and it, it seems like this team plays down to their uh, opponents quite a Which bit. Which has been kind of a thing for a recurring thing with maybe with Hitchcock here, or just I noticed in the last couple of years. It's been a thing for a while, and you know, championship teams play their game night in and night out, and the Blues don't do that. They'll play up or down to their competition, and it bites them in the ass a few times each year. And this looked like through the first period it had the makings of one of those games where I think the Blues expected to throw their sticks on the ice and and get the W. Mm -hmm. And Calgary was riding high off of a win and looked faster, looked sharper, looked fresher than the Blues did from the open face-off through the first 20. Yeah. Uh, It was a a rough game to watch overall. Yeah. Also, uh, another bit of a homecoming in this game, uh, Matthew Kachuk gets to play in front of his dad, in front of a lot of uh, people, a lot of people that, uh, you know, coached him in St. Louis. And so this is a kid that was born, raised, gone through the hockey program in St. Louis. So kind of a – he hit the That's post cool for once. Him. Yeah, so he hit the post once, I know, on yes. the play in the third, I believe. But uh, let's get to the so. second period. Sam Bennett uh, gets a goal, his second of the year, from Dougie Hamilton, and Matthew Kachuk gets his first assist of the year. Yeah. The 216 mark of the second. Uh, this also note Carter Hutton is in this game, so you don't get the Brian Elliott, Jake Allen showdown. Yeah, and I. <sighs> I kind of wondered why that was the case. Uh, like, I guess but, maybe because we had just played Calgary. Jake had just played three games. But it certainly seems like you would want those two against each other. Yeah. Um, the, I would say kind of one reason why the last four times, or excuse me, five times that – yes, add that up right. Five times that the Blue – that Jake Allen has faced Calgary Flames, he has won – and four with a 3.86 goals against really? and a 0.887 save percentage. Interesting. So that's kind of, I think, a part, maybe part of the reason. But also you got to get Carter Hutton in there, and he stole a game against the Rangers a couple, a couple weeks ago. So Yeah, he did. So you figured get him in there. And I thought he looked okay. okay. I guess that's the best I can give him. Didn't I, look terrible. I think, the, look I, think, I think the Bennett goal was one he should have had. I agree. So... Uh, Blues do get on the period in the third. Kevin Shattenkirk gets his second of the year from Tarasenko and Pareko on the power play at 549 mark of A the five third. A 5-on-3, I believe. Yes, it just turned a 5-on-3, and then they couldn't capitalize on the rest of the power play. That's pretty much what I knew we were effed in the A. Yes. Is when I figured if we could get it within one, we'd have a chance. Yeah. Um, and then after that, they and then they played pretty decent actually made a game of it because going into the third, they only had 11 shots on goal. It was a very bad game to watch. Yeah, Brandon was probably feeling like he was back with the Blues. Only 11 shots against. The Blues have 13 in the third to make a game of it, but uh, they lose uh, at the end of the day. Johnny Gaudreau gets his second of the year from Stajan and Furland at the 1849 mark. Oh, that's, an empty, that's an empty netter. Uh, and that was the one where I think got text from you, I believe, where it's like, why do we look worse when we have – always? 
uh, we have the extra guy out. Like it looks like we're fighting to even get in yep. their zone. Every time the Blues pull the goalie, it looks like we're on the penalty kill. Yeah, it looks I've ridiculous. never ever seen a team struggle as mightily with an extra attacker than the Blues do. Yeah, so Blues look bad. So the Blues went losing four to one, outshot thirty to twenty four. The only thing they really win is a faceoff percentage, fifty three to forty seven. Uh, Calgary blocked a lot of shots, twelve to five. Which that's you know, not a surprise, honestly. But you and I talk about on a fairly regular basis that there are those games throughout an eighty-two game year where you just go out and lay an egg, and you have to get past those and put them in your rearview mirror quick. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is just one of those games where the Blues were due to really, really lay a big sweaty one at the faceoff dot, and um, it's just a shame because I don't think in the week leading up to this that Western Canada trip, I don't think the Blues were playing phenomenal hockey. Yeah, they're about to I don't look, think they've looked yeah. good since the, the Rangers, Rangers game. That yeah. um, Calgary game, their stretches where they look good, but then their stretches where... The one in, Ca- in, in, in Calgary. Calgary yeah. yeah, I agree. Uh, they've showed flashes, but nothing like they looked against Chicago or against Minnesota. Yeah, I think the last game you can say they really looked good was... Uh, what was the night? The, I guess opening night, really. Uh, the first two, yeah. The yeah, Chicago the game and the, and the Minnesota game. game. I think you really say those are um, two that looked really, really good. I think they looked fast last week against Edmonton. Mm-hmm. But what's bothering me is what's bothered me for a long time, and you and I kind of joke about it from time to time, is this team's inability to put a shot on net. Mm-hmm. Or get or gets blocked, or we're like we knew it was like, going to get blocked. It's, yeah. it's always getting blocked, or it's going wide, or it's high. You know, it doesn't matter how open you are. If you can't put the puck on net, you're not going to score. Yep. And the other thing that bothered me, and I'm sure we'll get into this in, in more depth because I think that this really started to show its head during the Thursday game that you and I went to is the fact that this team, especially on the power play now, keeps wanting to make one more pass than they need to. Yeah, I would say the 90s Red Wings. They try to make that like perfect pass where easy tap-in goals are you know, wide yeah. open. So it's like makes the team look, like it makes the opposing team look bad. They're not covering that guy. Yeah. It's like, just get on net. Just start. Yeah. And part of me is like, is it the worrisome because you don't have a net front presence of Bacchus and Brower anymore that you don't want to just throw a shot up there and hopefully somebody will bang it in? Because you have Berglund and Stasny have been the two that are kind of been yeah, and Yaskin on occasion have been in front, so you really don't have that guy who's done it before type thing in front of that. So that could be it. Who knows? Like, And then maybe the whole new system trying to install is this pass-pass shooter. Instead I don't of just, know. It's, just, it's been frustrating to watch at least. So we're getting to the next game where Chris and I were in attendance and that cluster F of a game getting – okay, we'll get into that, getting out of the place. We're going to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. That could um, be a rant this week. Yeah. We're going to try our best to – we'll reel it in the best we can, but both of us were pretty uh, pretty not happy about things. Yeah. So, anyway, Blues play the Detroit Red Wings, Bear Jackman night. Which was cool. In St. Louis. We, got, we unfortunately, with extreme traffic that day – I mean, Chris got there right as Bear Jackman did the ceremonial puck yep. drop. It was ridiculous and uh, very nice. 
uh, little ceremony they have. Officially, in the day in the city of St. Louis, it was Bear Jackman Day. So, was it? Yeah. So was I didn't know the official that, proclamation. The official proclamation from the mayor. So that was very cool. That's awesome. So, and uh, we had a nice little discussion with somebody on our Facebook page about if we think yeah. Bear Jackman is. Uh, I I said if you, you say greatest player, like apparently some people take that as and you have to be a prominent goal scorer. No man, um, and that's I I take it as if you're dedicated to. Organization, you're pretty obviously. If you've been in, in on the team for over 800 games, you're doing something right. You're doing something right. Like, well, and, and the, the thing I that I it. was trying to convey was there's different types of defensemen in this league, and you have offensive defensemen, which is like we have an abundance now yeah. with Shattenkirk and, and Petro and, and Jabo and those guys. But you look at a player like Barrett Jackman, and Barrett was a stay at home defensive defenseman yep and his stats as far as what he is out there to do don't show up on a box score the way his stats show up is when the other team's best players don't show up and and that's what barrett did yeah you know barrett was the guy who would be on the hip of the great players who came through town at the time and let's not forget that Barrett Jackman, who, by the way, was the last Blues rookie to win a Rookie of the Year, stuck with this team during his prime years when this team was hot garbage yeah, and could have gone probably anywhere else and been a top-two guy. And gotten pretty good money. And gotten good money. And got good money here, but at the same time, like, could have gotten it somewhere else, too. Right. And had been won that, you know, cup. But he wanted to bring it to St. Louis, so... I'm biased. I've always said that. So I don't mind saying it, but, you know, people disagree, which is fine, man. Well, I think people have short memories. And and I'll be the first to admit, the last, I would say, two, three two, seasons. Two, three years have been rough. I'll we're rough on Barrett in St. Louis. He, you know, he obviously had slowed down. He slowed down, and then just the game has changed the game faster. Changed. So since the lockout, the, well, sad to say, it's the second lockout. Yeah. When they came back from that, the game got geared towards more scoring, yeah. faster transition, faster players. And he's not, never, never was. If that dude played in the 80s, I'm not saying he would have been a superstar or whatever, but he would have been yep. a very highly regarded guy. Absolutely. So, anyway, let's get into this game. Kind of boring game, really. Really, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of chances. A lot of chances. A lot. Uh, Blues fired a lot at Peter Mrazek. Boy, that first period, it could have been 4 nothing, St. Louis. Yeah, they were firing. They were doing whatever they could, man. And just they could not. The finishing uh, off uh, phrasing of for the Blues is not there. No, right they, uh, they are having a very difficult time putting it in the net. So also, we also talk about the return of Steve Ott, who was here. Yeah. They had a nice little video uh, tribute of him in this first period, and he kind of got a little choked up because all the fans got up standing ovation for him. Yeah. He's Surprising, a good dude. Surprisingly. Did not see anything about people bitching about everybody doing that to him. But when Brian Elliott came back and people were yelling moose and stuff, people were not happy on Monday on the Twitters. But yet Steve Ott does that. He gives him a standing ovation. And and you could tell they showed him on the bench and he was holding it back. Like yeah. He was. I think Ott is a emotional dude. And I think it's also like. and I don't think he wanted to leave. No, he didn't. From everything I read, it sounds like he wanted to stay, but the Blues wanted to move forward. And they yeah. pretty much like Brodziak at that fourth line center. I think it was a Doug Waite situation. Yeah, where you wanted to stay, but the team didn't want you. 
Right, which which sucked. Which I, I gotta say, and the Blues trying to trend younger with uh, Yaskin or as ratty as like your. Extras. I think it worked out all right for Ott. Like he's not on a team that's going to contend for a cup, but Steve Ott grew up a Wings fan. Yeah, and he's played with the team they grew up watching, which is which awesome, is cool, which is awesome. So everybody wants that. So. He got a nice little standing ovation, and the funny thing in the first period, there's a scrum in front of the net, yeah. and he grabs Tarasenko from behind, and Tarasenko kind of like struggled, and he turns around as Ott, and then you just see him. We have pretty good seats, and yeah. he just gives him a big smile, and pats him, and he pats him on the head, and they just separate and go. Yeah. So that was a very cool moment. So the, that was really about the big thing in the first period. Second period, the Blues got on the board, and uh, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk gets a, gets a goal from Berglund, his third of the year, at the 231 mark. Another point shot. It hit a Detroit player's leg leg pad and it went changed direction, which yeah. worked out for the Blues. And it gets by Mrazek for the one nothing lead. And this goal, this goal was Fra- booty. <laughs> Franz Nielsen, his second of the year, a short handed goal. Yep, from Darren Helm and uh, Marchenko. Marchenko. Jake Allen did not eat his bootios today. Thirteen fifty four mark, and it was a uh, something. He basically he got uh, caught cheating. Yep, it was a two-on-two, real simple play, and Nielsen made a pretty decent move around uh, Shattenkirk, who was to to his credit still with him. Yeah, Allen hugs the left side post, and then cheats his way off it, and Nielsen made I'll say a pretty, at least a pretty decent shot, roofs it on Jake Allen. If but Nielsen's Allen, not left-handed, that's not a shot. Correct. Um. Yeah. So, it I, was a crap I, I, goal. I said it was a pretty weak. And I mean, it was a great shot from the Detroit point of view. Yeah. That's a goal that Jake should Allen, never happen. Yeah. Jake Allen should have hugged that post as long as you can, and you rely on your defenseman to do the pass. That's 100%. That's, that's how we're supposed to. I'm not even goalie. I play. I think I'm a goalie, but that's all right. Um, third period, once again, some more chances. Much Just, the same. I think uh, Tarasenko hits the post here. Yep. On a, the delayed penalty, he gets yep. a shot from the right circle, hits the far post. It's the crossed almost because you couldn't even hear it. Yeah. It, was at the, it was at the other end for us, and we uh, just couldn't hear it. We just all – you saw it. You could change, see it change direction, but it didn't uh, make any noise. So. Yeah. God. So, go to overtime. Lots of back and forth. Lots of missed shots. Yep. Uh, Drayden Schwartz had the best two-on-one chance with Laterra. About a minute in. Uh, and shanks it about a good two foot wide. Push it wide. Oh man! The and other, the that's other thing, a timing issue, maybe I don't know, but something. Yeah. The other thing that really bothered me this game, and it was an overall thing, but you really saw it shine through in overtime. Was I think something is wrong with with uh, Robbie Fabry? He, he, he was not that noticeable. We'll say that for what I. Oh, was he's watching. noticeable. But for the all reasons. the wrong reasons. Yeah, just knocked off the puck, just losing the puck. Losing the puck, he his shot's better. not there. We watched the game together at this party on against the Kings. Yeah. And I think he looked a lot better. He did, but his just like bad decision making, it seems like he's now in his own head and he's trying to force stuff. Yeah. Um, like I have to score, I have to score. I think yeah. Before year, he was kind of like, I'm here. I'm just going to do my best. Like I think he goes yep. maybe that baby back to that mindset. Maybe I don't know if he feels. In. I don't know if he's putting more pressure on himself this year or what the problem is, but he looked absolutely terrible in this game against yeah, Detroit. And the Blues forwards are not finishing right now, and right now the last two games, you're looking at two goals in Kevin Shattenkirk. 
Yeah. That's what's happening. The Blues do nothing else in overtime. Go to a seven-round shootout. So Steen starts great. Steen start, makes it a really nice shot top of, top shelf. And we're not going through every single shot here. Um, because they were all the same except for Steen's. Correct. Steen, Steen puts it over his shoulder, puts it off the crossbar. A lot of guys are going to go five-hole. Uh, Everybody. Yeah, five hole, and then uh, Tarasenko went blocker side. It hit the under part of the guy's blocker yeah. and just goes wide. The only one that a made move. a move was Yaskin. And all I had to do was lift it. He had, oh, him he had him beat. He had him beat. He had him beat. And instead, he just tried to slide it in, and, and he just had his pad out and slid it yeah. right into his pad. And all I had to do was just chip it, a little chip shot up and above his pad, and he would have had it. But and, I would say five guys in a row for the Blues made the exact same shot trying to go five hole and Morazic shut it down every time to the point where I was like, somebody make him move. Yeah. And Nyquist, he, all he had to do was stand there and close the pads every time. And Nyquist was the one who got the second, the first, uh, shootout goal, which was almost a goal similar to Steen's. Yes. Which was crazy. So, and that was the second Detroit shot. So all we needed to, uh, so the blue shot first for this one too, and they go back and forth. And we, I was happy to see Neil Yakupov got a chance. He was the fifth shooter here. Yeah. Um, and he just did the same thing. He went for a five hole goal. Fabry did the same thing. And my thing is, we're at Berglund gets a chance here, and I'm really surprised that we didn't see Lori, Yori Laterra or Jane Schwartz. or Jane Schwartz because Dimitri Yaskin was the last blue to go before Zetterberg ended it. Um, and he had a nice move that went five hole on Jake Allen. And it made him look stupid. So I, I watched a replay because I was at the point where I was at like not watching. Every time I didn't right. watch them, I, they didn't score. So anyway, Blues lose in a shootout 2-1. to one. Goal scoring is You get becoming, a point, I guess. You get a point, but that's one of those games just like that Vancouver game where I'm like, had it. you should have had it. I think it was, 100% should have had it. But I, I will say this, but I thought overall they did play better than that Calgary game. Oh, so they I'm, played. So I'm like, all right, maybe we're trending up. They this played is that game, better. This is, this is that game where it's like, all right, we're still gripping the st- sticks a little too tight, so we're trending up. And then the next game, we're playing the Kings. They are down two goalies. They are the third string goalie. They're on Peter Budai, mind you. I didn't tell you. We didn't know the stat until the game started. Peter Budai is four and zero right now. The two point two one going into this game. The Kings have lost won their last five, three in three in overtime, and one in shootouts and two in shootouts. So they have gone to extra time every time right now. So they go into this game, and every time you we play the Kings, it's a hard-fought battle. Yeah. Like, no matter what happens here. So kind of back and forth the first uh, period or so. Nothing really kind of happening. No, a, a lot of a lot of much the same, I should say. Yeah, it was similar to the uh, game we just had against Detroit, kind of like a lot of back and forth, a lot of power plays again. The Blues seem to be taking an extraordinarily large amount of penalties. Yeah, we are, uh, the Kings are 0 for 5 on uh, power plays. I thought this game was a little – some of the calls were a little – They were kind of suspect. Yeah, but compared to the other game. But still, if it's trending that way, you got to watch what you're doing. Yeah, I, it felt like every time I looked at the TV, we were shorthanded. Yeah, so time. no goals in the first, no goals in the second. And going into the third, like, all right, guys. I'm sweating because it's now been – Four and a half periods since the Blues have scored. Yeah. So you're thinking bad. And then finally the Blues get a nice goal here from uh, Jaden Schwartz. A nice uh, steal by Tarasenko after having a good chance. And then kept the puck in the zone, stole yep. from their defenseman. 
gets it down to Laterra, who throws it right across to Jaden Schwartz, who actually buries it. Yeah, wide get, open goal. Yep, so nice play. Jaden Schwartz is his first of the year from Laterra and Tarasenko at the 343 mark of the third. Good to see the STL line back together. Yeah, because this uh, originally Schwartz is at center um, on the second line, and they kind of redid the lines again, and they pretty much threw um, the Steen, Stasny, Steen, Fabry line back together, yeah. STL line back together, and then Perron, Yaskin, and Berglund back on the third line. So I think that's closer to what you might be seeing from now on. Or Yakupov was – Yakupov and, like, Yaskin kind of flip-flopped right. here and there. Like, cause I think I – think, uh, hopefully Hitch is not screwing with Yakupov because he was doing so well. He had the last couple of games. Yeah. kind of – I think Yakupov with uh, – Perron and um, Berglund and Berglund could be great. Yeah, so I think he just needs. To, I think I think Hitch just needs to stick with lines and let him gel. Yeah, he won't do it because he even said he, he, he never does it. He even said before this game, he's like, it's not, it's not working, so I'm gonna put everything in a blender and see what happens. I was like, every year, every year. Curious to see what Yo will do next year when this happens. Does he ride it out or does he? I don't know, man. I'll have to do some more homework on on how he handled things in Minnesota. If yeah. he's a guy who juggles a lot, or if he's a guy who just is patient, because Hitch is not patient. Yeah, unfortunately. So the Blues a little, a little worrisome at the end there. Luckily, they get a penalty call at the, near the end of the game oh, there on uh, Fabry with a very nice play to get to a puck uh, Good ahead of uh, Martinez. Good hustle play, and then uh, he gets taken down. So with two forty one left, uh, Blues going to power play. Really, don't do much on the power play. It's more just like we're just going to keep keep away instead of trying to get that extra goal. They yep. had a the first minute or so they did that, but after that they kind of trailed off and just didn't really try. Blues do a pretty good job at the end there, keep yep. it out of their zone. And they hold on for a one nothing win. So three and games, can breathe. three yeah, three games, one goal each, one, one, win, one, one. one overtime loss. Yeah, crazy. So somehow, but Allen is not going to. Allen had a pretty good game. He had a couple crazy saves. Yeah, so he played extremely well, and this is the what the Blues wanted when they made this uh, when they made the decision to trade Brian Elliott and give it to Jake Allen. So can't rely on Jake Allen to do this all the time, though. No, you can't. No, you're not going to win a lot of games when you're only scoring one a game. Yeah, so Blues win. That the, essentially means Jake Allen needs to have a shutout every game the rest of the season if you're going to win. Not going to happen. So Blues. So Jake Allen ties Grant Fewer for twelfth on the Blues shutout list. Uh, the wow. Blues, another fun stat for this game, the Blue and Jaden Schwartz scored. It, it has been a whopping 189 minutes since a forward has scored before that. That goes back to Steen's empty nutter in Calgary. Wow. Wow. So it's almost three games worth. See, that's a problem. That's a, that's a huge problem. So uh, let's see what else do we got. Any good fun stats. The Blues win the faceoffs again. That's the only positive thing I'm I'm taking from this week. Faceoffs have been very strong for the Blues, fifty seven to forty three on this one. Outshot again, but that's not surprising when they're in the hold on mode. That doesn't surprise me. Uh Kings are four and four on the which is interesting. But, you know, uh excuse me, and then the Blues are five, two and two. Not not awful. No considering how much we're kind of complaining about them. It's not awful until you consider that we were three and zero, and I've been one and one and one last, last two, two weeks. weeks. So we're just talking at five and two, kind of treading water. So hopefully you can kind of push forward. I will say one thing that I've, before we get into our rant about what I add into this game, the man 
Colton Pareko. All the broken sticks? The broken stick thing, man. It had to be at least six since the beginning of the year. Yes. And I was watching the highlights this week of the best team in the league has been Montreal, who's undefeated. They're 8-0-1 eight, eight, oh, right, right now. And Shea Weber is looking like he's going to win the Norris this year. Yeah. Which uh, – Shea Weber's playing pissed off. Uh, our friend uh, Jeff Ponder – Pretty much made that call. If he if that guy didn't play anywhere but Nashville, he probably would have won it by now. Yeah. And now we'll look at him. So anyway, they pass it around and teed up for this guy, and then they're scoring on the power play at will. As much as I complain about the Blues like have defenseman scoring, that doesn't happen on the power play that much. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a Colton Pareko thing or the design scheme thing that needs to change. I want to see these guys start teeing it up and. Either guys are blocking shots and getting not want to get in the front of it anymore, right. or they're going to start going in, and you're going to create chances where the goalie's going to save it and get rebounds, or they're going to start going in. Yeah, so I they, agree. I think it's need, that needs to change for sure. When you have a shot like that, when you have someone on your team who can really, really blister the puck, you have to account for that in your playbook. Um, we did it when we had Al McInnes. We did it when we had Phil Housley. Um you have to because Brown, you yeah, know? it's such a unique weapon and it's something that you, you can't scheme against it. There's only one way to stop that. And that's put your body in front of it. And like you said, it's only going to take a couple times of people taking those shots in the legs or the ribs and defensemen are going to get out of the way. And then it's on your goalie and you're right. You're either going to put it by him. You're going to have him make a save that hopefully gets you a rebound to where your guy in front can tip in the rebound. Or maybe you're going to get a deflection. But I agree. There needs to be more working Pareko slap shot into the power play. Yeah, I think that's definitely because, you know, Shacker's getting them, but they're also getting a lot of shots blocked or shot wide. And Petrangelo had a couple of shots where he walked in and was taking the shots, but he's gotten them wide or they've been blocked. Yep. And which is our normal complaint that we always have. But uh, I think that needs to change. So yes. our other thing, which we're going to go into, which is a minor rant of Chris and I, so we're not going to get into it too much. Uh, so afterwards, this is it's Stein night. So it's sold yeah, out, it's sold Stein out, night. sold out on, on Thursday for the uh, Red Wings game. So you get into the place, you get a nice little coupon. that says at the end of the game, you can get your Stein, which I think is very odd already because you hand out the bobbleheads ahead of time. Yeah, I've never understood why some things they give out when you walk like in. Like when you had the big – when they used to get out the kid sticks back in, back in the day when we were younger, they had the kid stick night, and so you right. get them at the end of the game. 100% get that. Fine. That's fine. This is along the lines of whatever. So we're trying to get out of this place, and it's like, what, 40-ish minutes? Easy. That we're trying to get out by the garage, by the on the Clark uh, – yeah, yeah, what's the Clark? Yeah, so we're trying to get out, and – it's just not. There's so many people trying to get out, and like we just want to get a sign and get out. And then by the time we get there, all the signs are gone. We yep. Don't even we get a sign. Of course, nope. And we leave empty-handed, just like super pissed. Which here's the other thing: if you only have X number of steins, you only need to give out that many coupons. I don't care what they say. I think they over coupon because this is not the first time that I've gone to a Blues game and gotten a a redeemable coupon for whatever promo item they were giving away that night, only to wait through line and be told, oh, sorry, we're out. 
Yeah, so so something has to change in how the Blues do this. It's frustrating because a little stuff like me wrong. Like that's not the reason when we're there. We're here to watch hockey, or whatever. But I mean, you collect stuff. I'm sure the guys well, collect and, stuff. And, and I'll it's take cool it a step. Have, man. I'll take it a step further. I'm a season ticket holder this year. I don't have a full set, but I have a 12 game plan. If if you are a season ticket holder, and your game happens to be a promo night game. You should have one of those reserved for you. Yeah. You should be able to go to the Blues front office or there should be a separate booth because they have a ticket information booth yeah. when you're there. There should be somewhere where you can go. Show your card. You show have a car, your you card. Have a card. I have a card that says I'm a season ticket holder. Yeah. And show your ID to prove it's you and you should get your Stein or yeah. whatever they're giving away. Yeah, because there was a couple of times where we were leaving – and there were some people carrying, and mind you, this is where I walk back to the car. Upwards of six. Yeah, and we had somebody walking in front of us at six, and then we're talking to them about it. And the guy's like, oh, I got this many extra. And we're like, cool, man. Why don't you give us one? And he just kind of walked away, and I'm like, you know, yeah. and then we looked on eBay. They're, you know they're going to be on eBay. They're 50 bucks. $55. Like, literally, we were in the car leaving in, in the garage. It was $55. Uh, commerce. You know, yeah. I hate it. And the other thing is... It's stupid, but I mean, it's you know a minor complaint we have. If you're... This is more of an etiquette thing. This has nothing to do with the blues. Yeah. Because I get that, like, you can't decide... You have a ticket, you get a, you get a sign. Yeah. I get that part, man. If you're paying you, whatever, you get it. I get that you can't say who you are and aren't giving the tickets to. But Detroit fans... You don't care. You don't care about that Stein. You're just going to sell you, and get trying your money back. You don't give a damn bit all about that Stein. Why are you taking the coupons? Yep. And for and even if you're taking the coupons, why are you renaming them for a mug? All you're going to do is sell on eBay. I've been to so many games in other cities where it was a giveaway night, and I'll try to find someone from that town who didn't get whatever it was and give it to them. AC kid or something like that yeah, didn't get one. Like, here you go, man. What the hell do I care about a Carolina Hurricanes build a bear? Yeah, I don't. I do not care. Yeah, like give it to somebody who actually needs it, needs it slash wants it or whatever. So anyway, that's our minor rant for this week. We'll come back. With, but I, uh, I, one more thing. Yeah, I agree. Two things for you is a to reiterate, there needs to be a better way of um, making sure people are getting the items, and secondly, their distribution system needs to be completely overhauled. Correct. Because there is no reason. Why it should take people? I shouldn't be leaving there long. at eleven o'clock at night. Absolutely not. Yeah, so it was ridiculous. So anyway, me and Chris will calm down, and then we'll come back to you with the clues news this week. Back with uh, this week's fan question. Fan questions, fan questions, fan questions. Alright. Okay. Eh, it's something different. We're production values still work on. So this week, uh, the news came out that basically since Barry Jackman retired, um, they decided to go ahead and retire number five for Bob Plager. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool video they put out where I think they, they just kind of some little things set up and he didn't really expect it coming. 
Um, he was pretty emotional and stuff. Very cool That's video. Great. It's on our uh, Twitter page at Blues Hockey NHL. I retweeted it. Uh, so I also I got a cool bear. Uh, not bear. I did have a cool bear Jackman story, but a cool Bobby Plager story. So Bob Plager super dedicated to the Blues. I think a deserving honor. So he gets his number retired. We'll get into Bob Plager stats uh, in a second here. But the question of the week was: Do the St. Louis Blues have too many retired numbers? So this will be the seventh retired number now in the 50-year existence. And people are saying for, for an organization that has zero championships, you shouldn't have that many retired numbers. Uh, let's get your opinion first, and then we'll go into the My opinion is this is the most ridiculous question that's ever been asked. Correct. But there's a lot of little there's a lot of talk about it this week. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Um, no, there's not too many retired numbers. Yeah. Um, the only, uh, who are you not going to retire? Brett Hall? Yeah. Al McGinnis? Mm-hmm. Come well, on, man. The only one that I, because I was not alive then, so I didn't know, and the circumstances seemed very odd to me, was like the Bob Gasoff one. Yeah. Because he was like a young guy, and they had a tragic accident, and they retired his number, which I thought was odd. Is that any different than Konstantinov? Is his not a retired? I think it is. Hmm. I'll have to check that out, though. Yeah, yeah, it is actually retired. You're correct. But then they'll say, like, well, that guy won a championship. Okay. So? So. That's it. So, um, hmm. Does that mean that Dan Marino's number shouldn't be retired? Correct. Does that mean that Jim Kelly's number shouldn't be retired? See, I think the people were saying, like, they're, I guess, great players. I never saw but you watch videos of Plager. He seemed pretty freaking awesome to me, man. This kind of gets into the argument that we got into on... About the Barrett uh, Jackman thing. On, yeah, on the Facebook page about Barrett Jackman and, and what constitutes a great player. And, you know, great players are a dime a dozen. They really are. Yeah, like Plager, man, for a guy, he didn't score gonna, many goals. Yeah, but I think if you're getting your number retired, it takes a lot more than just being a great player. Yeah. Because there are a lot of Hall of Famers out there who don't have their numbers retired. Yeah, and this uh, you're talking um, a guy who literally has been blood blue yeah. his whole life. Well, I so mean, from and his let's, playing days to like after he retired, he's done – Everything you can do with the Blues organization. Yeah. So well, and let's be honest, the Blues technically do have another number retired, but that's just because the entire league. So five is oh yeah ninety nine. You're yeah. correct. Sorry, the entire league retired ninety nine. So basically, leading up to this years ago, five was honored by the Blues. It basically, yes. had a heart up high in the five in it, and that was like honored by the Blues for a plaguer. So they never really officially just for his dedication to the Blues, which I always thought was very odd. Anyway. Why don't you just retire it? Right. But um, when Barrett Jackman came in, he's like, saw number five was taken. He's like, oh, I'd really like number five, but, you know, I understand it's taken. And didn't really, you know, was like, okay, sure. it's fine. Plager said he scouted Barrett Jackman, and he was in the scouting department when that kind of, that draft happened. And he said, that's the one player I've ever seen that reminded me of me yeah. coming in this league. And he said, I want you to have it. And he, you know, Jackman, like, no, 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 whatever. And he said, no, I really want you to have it. And he, you know, Jackman obviously had number five. So this was Bobby Plager's blessing. So right. it never would have been worn again. It wasn't for Bobby Plager saying, go ahead. So now Jackman's officially retired. Nobody ever is going to wear number five again. And it's just going to be Plager up there. It's not going to be Jackman Plager or whatever. Which, so people. When did are, they put five into the rafters? Um. I don't have an official date on it. I'll get back to you because on that. I can think right now of other people who've worn number five. Garth Butcher. Garth Butcher. Yeah, yeah. and that was oh, she's like a, what's early mid nineties. Norton. Jared, 
Jared, Jeff Norton, Jeff Norton, was he number five? I don't remember. Ooh. Anyway, Igor Kravchuk was number five, right? No, seven. No. He was seven. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get into it. So maybe it was after that that he was, uh, was honored. So maybe you, right. maybe it was with, with a blessing type thing. So anyway, uh, I would my quick, before getting to Bobby Plager's playing career, I'll get into my quick little story. So the year that they come back from the first lockout, mm. the, the year long where they lost the whole season. So yeah. obviously goodwill is down for the league or whatever. I was basically hired as intern for group sales to help, you know, give away stuff. Tell help. people where they can and can't smoke. No, I never do that. I just had to walk around with the groups and give away tickets and do, and you basically fill out a little card and we call yeah. you solicit season tickets. That's pretty much what my job was to got do. It. I got paid a whopping $7 an hour. But you know Sweet. what? I can say I worked for the St. Louis Blues organization and I guess what? I loved every minute of that job. I bet. So we're talking about the Larry Plo, Mark Sauer organization. I'm familiar with Mark Sauer. Yes. So, mind you, those guys never would talk to any either of us. We walk by, they wouldn't even make eye contact with us, which were interns, you know, of course, that's yeah. fine. But, you know, Bruce Affleck was our boss, and that dude is fantastic. Secondly was Bobby Plager, who I knew of, and, you know... Of course. You can't be a blues fan and not know who Bobby We Plager. had uh, basically one of the extra offices with our office, and we had a bunch... It was basically a storage room with right. a desk in it. And that was basically what we came in every day. We organize what we're doing that day get our list of people then go out and do our thing and then we're done we come back to our office and basically had boxes of uh which is awesome like hockey bags sticks and it's like old promotions and i just wanted to go in there and just start taking stuff because i'm like i could use a hockey bag i can use that 200 dollars stick that i never can afford because i'm a poor college kid anyway bobby plager would come in every game and shake our hands no matter it was a during the day game. It was a night game, whatever. And no matter if we had a big crowd, a little list, he'd come in and talk to us every game and ask how we were doing. That's the kind of dude he is. Yeah. And treated us the same as he treated Larry Plow and Mark Sauer. He'd come in and shake our hands and talk to us. And that meant so much to me. Well, and, I think that, that's that is just, a generational thing too. Correct. I think that you look at – um his generation specifically, um, there was a respect level that went both ways as a player there. You know, you obviously respected the, the high brass above you. They're the ones cutting your check. But you also realize that while your job's on the ice, there's a whole group of people behind the scenes who are working to promote what it is that you do. Mm-hmm. And some people get that and some people don't. And it seems like the further we move away from the generation of, of Bobby Plagers, it seems to be more of an entitlement and less of people who understand that everyone has to work in the same direction. Yeah. Funny dude too, which obviously people oh, know yeah, that from. Man. So he was super nice coming and joke with us. And it maybe was like five, 10 minutes. Have you ever seen him after that to tell him that story? No, I've not. Unfortunately, like not like enough to, I've met him another time during a thing. And he recognized me when it was like a quick autograph type thing. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I was like, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, good, good. And then just yeah, it was a big long line. So they're kind of pushing people through. Right. So I never got a chance to. So if there's ever one moment where I'm kind of, I have a couple minutes with the guy, I will, like, I, I always plan to be like, that meant like the world is like, that would be a blues fan. A, I but wonder being, how like, hard it would be to get him on the show. I would really like to, because that dude is, and I wonder, is that just something that we go through the blues for? I or think so. An interview does request. Does he have an agent? No. Uh, 
We'll have to look into it. Now he has a Twitter. Hit him up. Doesn't hurt. Awesome. Anyone out there who knows Bobby Plager or knows someone who knows Bobby Plager, let us know. Let us know. Even if I don't get interviewed, just to say thank you for that. That would be awesome. Just say thanks, man. And just, and anyway, let's go into his stature quick. Play with the Blues from actually start out with technically the New York Rangers was up and down in their uh, system, mm-hmm. and then luckily the Blues, uh, the NHL expansion, he got traded here along with Gary uh, Seborn, Seborn, Tim Ecclestone, and Gord Kenny Glesser. <laughs> sure, for Rod Selling on June 6, nineteen sixty seven. Um, and it goes with the Blues uh, for up until 77-78 for a total of six over 600 games with the Blues. Wow. Uh, he winds up getting – so this is like you – know, that's why he's like a Barry Jackman type guy. I mean, that's why, you know, he re- liked him. Only 20 goals in that long of a career. Uh, 146 assists, over 800 penalty minutes. That's great. That's awesome. And in the playoffs, had 74 games played. He was on the first three teams to go to the Stanley Cup Finals too. Two goals, 17 assists, 19 points, 195 penalty minutes. So almost 1,000 penalty minutes total. You know, you're talking about a guy who's an original blue. Mm -hmm. And I think more so than anybody else who's an original blue, he has stayed engaged. Mm -hmm. And he has stayed active within the blues community. I mean, it was nice opening night to see them bring everybody who's still alive and kicking back. But he was like one of the... But he's the guy. Yeah, he's the guy that people look at. He uh, uh, 615 games for over 11 years with the blues. Yeah. So basically, um, hard-hitting, defensive-oriented uh, guy. Uh, obviously, we talked about it. he's kind of a jokester. Number five on your program is number one in your hearts. Yeah. That's like the his like line that he always said. Um, so he retired in 78, took a job in the Blues front office. He's been with the Blues ever since then. Yeah, Kind of jumped around. He was in the scouting. And the 90-91 season, he took over for the Peoria Riverman head coach because I guess they fired the head coach. Led the, in his only season, the whole season there, led them to the Turner Cup. Wow. And won the Commissioner's Trophy as a coach of the year. And then uh, quit, not quit, but went back to his 92-93 uh, then. He wound up going coaching the Blues, but didn't like how it was going. Only lasted 11 games. And went back to vice president of player development ever wow. since then. Fun fact, uh, he converted to Judaism, hmm. according to Wikipedia at least. All right. So... Uh, so congrats to Bobby Plager. There you Plager. go, Adam Sandler, for your next version of the Hanukkah song. You there you go, Bobby add Bob Plager in there. So uh, very cool honor for him, and I really think. Uh, and he pretty much works hand-in-hand with uh, Brett Hall now, right? Yeah, and he does a lot of the community stuff, and I think I'm sure they take his input on things as well, like player development. But I think he's more of like, a, you know. I think that Brett is very much like Bobby. Mm-hmm. Brett is Bobby with infinite more talent. Correct. So I think, uh, but anyway, awesome to see him get this uh, thing. So let's get into the what we got back from you guys, the fans. Oh, excuse me. So here's some Twitter uh, from at Tom Aster. Tom Aster. That's how we'll go at underscore STL. Uh, wow. He says no. Like we don't have enough. Like. Like, it's not a problem to have that yeah, many I, retired it, numbers. I agree. I think this is – people who say yes to this are – never mind. So, while they brought no cups, they're the best players, and their number is tied to them. Yeah. Uh, no one would have wanted Butler to wear McKinnis' number, for instance. Correct. Yeah. Because he wore number two. Uh, at, uh, let's say, Jay uh, DeCasse on Twitter, um, no. <laughs> they should retire 
Walt, Pronger, Jackman, and One Day Backus Habs like, have like 10 retired numbers. Habs also have 10 like championships, too, and been around a lot longer, too. Seven is not retired, but it is honored. Honored, correct. They have, well, then you have Unger, and you have, you have a, yeah. a lot of other guys. Baronson, Baronson, you yeah. know, seven. That's, Chuck will be a you hard one. You also have the 38 honoree with Demetra and, and uh, Korolev. Korolev. Yeah, that's one of those things where, like, I think that would be retired. That will always be honored, I think. Right. Seven will always be honored, too, because it's like three really good players. Yes. So I think that will never get uh, retired. Because who do you put it under? Yeah. You can, you know, Berenson still holds the NHL record for six goals in a game, right? Yep. Yeah, so you really can't do that. Uh, Redbeard, nope. Name one player that should be taken down. I said not taken down. I said I don't know the circumstances under gas off. I've always right. said he's I think the wild card, right. and I think that's just because we are too young to, to really re- appreciate, appreciate or know gas off. Yeah. So if he played well, or if it's just like a deal, whatever it is. So, uh, Jeff Basil, I don't think so. I'd bet they put Pronger's 44 as next two. Then they could take a break until 91 retires. So, who knows Let's about... Let's not put the cart in front of the horse here, kids. Correct. Simple, another guy at uh, Carl DeHaan. Uh, no. So, simple there. So, really, what I got, the feedback that I got was nobody says no. But I did see a couple people... I had no idea that this was even a controversy. Uh, our good friend Jeff Ponder kind of put it on both sides. He did not say what his position was, but he said optimist and pe- pessimistic. So pessimistic was obviously the like so no we, we like there's no championships and why do we have so many retired yeah, numbers? But, you but know, then number um, the pop like what we're saying optimism you're saying like wow but we've had a ton of guys yes so and look man only one team wins the championship every year mm-hmm. there are a lot of phenomenal players in every sport that deserve retirement of their number and never win a championship. We already talked pro football with two of the biggest ones being Dan Marino and Jim Kelly, Carl Malone in the NBA, John Stockton, never won a yeah. championship, John Stockton, um, Charles Barkley. Yeah. Charles Barkley. Another one. Um, baseball. I'm trying to think of, of one that's, that stands out and I can't off the top Ripken? of my head. Who Ripken, Carl Ripken would be a good one. Or Carl yeah. Ripken would be a good Calvin, one. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's those players in every sport that it doesn't diminish what they did or their impact. Um, but winning a championship is as much luck and timing, especially when you're dealing with a team sport. Yeah, so, yeah, like I said, I saw it was interesting. I saw a couple of those tweets, and I figured I'd throw it out there. So thanks to everybody who, who uh, got back to us uh, on the Facebook and Twitter. So Facebook, you really didn't have any. So Gary said he thinks, uh, like, why not Jackman and – Plager. Plager's original blue. Plager's contributions have been for I agree. over 40 years. Nothing is Jackman. Jackman was a great player. I don't think Jackman by himself is retired number worthy. Yeah. As much as we like the guy, I 100% agree. So we'll be right back and we'll wrap things up. Right, time to wrap things up. Chris is sending a tweet to his favorite player of all time. Yep. So, Mr. Uh, Craig Janney is getting a tweet from Chris right now asking him if he's going to be in the alumni game. Yep. So, that's the one thing we didn't go over right now. But the alumni news, it looks like Grant Fewer pretty much confirmed last night he will at least be at the alumni game, hopefully playing for the Blues. So, it looks like Broder and Fewer might be your goalies. Maybe even Joseph. Who knows? Or maybe I mean, Fewer will just the be there. I, I definitely thought that at least Joseph and Fewer. Broder, that's awesome. 
Yeah. That's great because I remember we, months ago when we were trying to figure out who three goalies, who would your third one be? Yeah, there you go. And I had said for name value, Brodeur, but he and, didn't play that much. And the other one, uh, Gretzky came out and he said during he the, the alumni game for the Jets, the Heritage Classic just got played a week ago. Yep. He didn't like, like his performance. And it was actually an article at NHL.com where he was quoted saying he didn't like his performance. So uh, he says, I really like the re- like the show that I can redo it. So Come I on, think, baby. So I'm thinking. Come on. So And also, Elliot Friedman came out on his 30 things for the week, pretty much you know having the same type story, and said, I wouldn't be surprised to see him. While the Blues have really – I've asked him numerous times. So the Blues are all in like, yeah, you need to come play. He hasn't officially agreed yet. But you think with what his What has he come back for in an official capacity so far? Brett Hall retirement night and Brett Hall dream team night? Yeah, that's about it. Official capacity. I mean, he's been at games, I think, and they're like – Brett will around. get it done. Yeah. It's, it's sure going to take will. Brett calling him and going, dude, come on, let's play together. Yeah, me and, and you on the line again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'll be him and Brett and Kachuk. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, a, who I'm, I'm calling it right now. That'll be the line. That'll be awesome. And that, but that means you put Kachuk on a wing. Yeah. Well, Kachuk always usually play wing. Oh, he played center here and there. But yeah. anyway, but we want to throw that news out there uh, for everybody. So next week, uh, pretty much go over our – once again, we'll go over our games again. Uh, hopefully, Ashley will be back with us feeling better. So get well, Ashley. Uh, also, we would – also, what are we going to do next week? If I can get, Next week, we're going to try to get it up this week. We're going to set up a Google phone line, voice line, whatever it's called. I think a Google mailbox. Google mailbox. And we're going to have you guys call in, and you can give us anything you want. Statements, questions, feelings about the Blues, and we'll play them on the show, if I can figure that out. We'll play them on the show, and then we'll also uh, answer the questions off of there. We're going to try to get it set up this week, not making any promises. If not, we're going to have it set up, and it's going to be a segment that we're going to start doing. So look forward to that. Uh, if not, we'll just do our use maybe another question or see how things are shaking with the Blues this week. Hopefully, we'll get some more news from the Blues. Hopefully, Chris is, gets an answer from Craig Janney. Please, uh, dude. I'd, if both those guys are in the game, I lose my mind. Yeah, and you got, you're going for sure because you got yes. in your thing. So I made. I think I'm going to buy tickets this week for the alumni game. So, oh, the other thing I want to show out the Blues fans: two things uh, for memorabilia type people. Um, your, if you go to like Mobile on the Run, yep, they have like these flags that are pretty freaking. They're really sweet. cool. They're Blues fifty flags. Blues fifty flags. Wow. And uh, also uh, at Sh- I believe only at Schnucks they have uh, Pepsi cans, which I'm looking at currently. Has like a Blues fifty on there. Yep. So anybody who is like in town, I would say go pick those up. Anybody who's out of town, maybe try to if you know somebody in town. If you're a Blues fan, pretty cool things. Yep. Soda cans is kind of similar to, you know, when they had, a, if you look over yonder, Chris, those uh, World, World Series. Series ones. Yeah. For when the Blues had, like, beer or whatever for Budweiser. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, one more collector's news thing, which I think we kind of went over this before, weeks ago, was the uh, Funko Pops. For, they finally got the NHL license. Yep. So no St. Louis Blues right now. I mean, we know who it's going to be. Eventually, it'll be Tarasenko. Yeah. So right now, in Series One, but they but those should be coming out pretty soon, apparently. So we'll keep an eye out for those. But uh, I want to get just those because I I like to collect. I love those. the Funko Pops. Yeah, they're fantastic. The people who don't for people out there who don't know what a Funko Pop is, um, they look like bobbleheads. Yeah. Some of them are bobbleheads. Some of them are not figures. Yeah. But they're what six inches tall. Uh, six and the bigger ones are like eight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, little vinyl dudes. They're pretty well detailed, but they got giant heads, little bitty bodies. Yeah, they're pretty um, cool. I like it. And they've got them. If you can think of something in pop culture, be it TV, movies, 
cartoons. Anything. Yeah, anything. They, they anything nowadays. There's a Funko Pop of it. Yeah, Star Wars, and like I do Star Wars and various TV shows. So I enjoy it. So and WWE, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, they're really fun. They're really cool to have. Uh, it's kind of like a couple years ago when they did Lego NHL players. Yeah, and then the Oyo Oyi Oyo. I have one around here. Yeah, size unpacked. I have a Tarasenko. Um, what was the last thing I was going to say? Oh yeah. So what, what's uh, we got Hell in a Cell tonight? Hell in a Cell tonight. I am praying that our boys hold on to the tag team titles Man, tonight. I hope so because they're what they're within forty days of breaking Demolition's all time record. record. Yeah, I think they're going to let them do it, and then they're going to lose them. I really have a bad feeling that they're going to drop tonight. That would, that would, God, that'd be devastating. I, I really think that they're going to push this whole angle of and, Sheamus and, and possibly, Cesaro. Yeah, I, I'm kind of they're growing on me. We we'll do minor talk before we get back in the blues, but uh, I heard the scuttlebutt this week was the whole they don't want the girls going on last because they don't think it's like obviously be historic that they would main right. event a pay per view and they're like they don't think it's like the right angle or something like that. Which I think it's kind of think weird. either of those girls bleed. No, no, no. If they do, then they'll obviously they will stop the match 100%. Like, think so? Oh, I think like the match will be stopped. Like, oh, we're good. They won't stitch them up right there like they do with some of the guys, like where they clean them and just like, let them go back in. They'll stop. But I'm sure they'll, have, think, the, they'll well, have the I, match planned out enough that they won't have a chance to do it. Obviously, accidents happen. But... I'm saying, do you think you need even blade? No, 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 no. Really, I don't think so. I just think like you, know, this is, you can take it to a certain point. The reason I, I think there there'll be more backlash. You know who one of the most epic bladers of all time was? Oh yeah, it was Flair, Flair. and Ric Flair's daughters there. I don't think it'll be about purpose, but if it accidentally happens, accidentally happens. But yeah, Flair and his hamburger meat of a forehead. But anyway, that's about it. So like I said, Ashley will be back next week. We hope. Yeah, it was hope she's not feeling the best. Oh, well, one last thing as far as collectible stuff for the Blues. Uh, even if there's not a game, if people are wanting to get their hands on Winter Classic stuff. They got a ton. Yeah, man. Get down to the team shop at the arena. Yeah, I got a sweet puck. If, so, if yeah. you can think of anything, um, they've got it with the Winter Classic logo on it. They've got official pucks. They've got collector's pucks that have both the Blues and Blackhawks logos on them. Hats. Uh, scarves, stickers, patches. Yeah, no yeah. jerseys yet, but they're coming. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if you can think of it, it's there with the Winter Classic logo on it, and there's some really cool stuff. Yeah, I got a couple of pucks. I got Blues Fifty puck and a Winter Classic puck when I was yep. there. So awesome. So if you want to get a hold of us on the Twitter at Blues Hockey NHL, I'm at Hossapalooza. I am at, at Ashley Ryan. Is that good? Yeah. Is that good? I, I, that's believable. Eh, not really. So, so uh, also Facebook, Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, email, blueshockeypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, website, blueshockeypodcast.net. A show should be up sh- shortly. Also, cool thing this week and i'll let everybody know when it's up uh possibly depending on logistics it could be just me could be chris me and chris we're going to be on a blue jackets podcast yep which is kind of cool man so they contacted us it's called jackets cast look them all look them up on the twitters we play them next uh saturday next saturday we play the jackets so that would be really cool and uh, i look forward to actually getting to talk hockey with people outside of the st louis area about I can see their perspective on them and their perspective on us, especially since I kind of called the uh, call them the uh, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Blue, St. Louis Blues Light, since they have like Davidson up there and yeah, they really are Kekalainen and uh, I miss Kekalainen. That dude was smart. 
Yeah, I liked him a lot. So let's see who else the Blues got on their schedule. Rangers this, Tuesday. Rangers Tuesday, and that's a way game. Um, then after that, they go to Dallas Stars on Thursday. Well, the Dallas Stars are not playing great hockey right now. And goalies, especially. Well, we kind of knew that. And then uh, next uh, week is the Jackets game. We might have something special on Sunday, depending on schedule-wise. I'll okay. talk to Chris and Ashley about stuff. So, and they play uh, Colorado at home on four at 4 o'clock on Sunday. So, Neat. busy, busy week for the Blues, busy week for us. Uh, we're getting into the season, so you'll see us every week. So, yeah, looking forward to it. So, like I said, we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Happy Halloween. Watch out for kids. Come on, take it.